1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. So David, David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives had been taken captive. Amen. Old Testament. Okay. We don't do that anymore, just so you know. All right. Now David was greatly distressed. Now watch this. For the people spoke of stoning him. And uh, these, these are his men. These are his warriors. These are the, these are the people that have been with him in battle. Uh, but now that he's experienced a loss, they're, they're coming after him and they want to kill him. And because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now watch that. In one verse, he goes from being distressed at the beginning to being strengthened at the end. In just one verse. God can do a lot quickly. Hey. Then David said to the priest, bring me the ephod. Bring me the ephod. So they brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, God answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Let's just say that whole last line together. Everybody say, Pursue, for you shall overtake them, and without fail, Recover all. Anybody believe that this morning? Recover all. Recover all. So I've been talking about breakthrough. We've been talking about the chain breaker. We've talked about the where of breakthrough and the when of breakthrough and the, uh, all the all these the soil of breakthrough and breakthrough. We've all, all these kind of breakthroughs. This is now this is now week seven. We will end next week, by the way, uh, this series with the, with this eight week series. But today I want to talk about the how of breakthrough. The how, how to do it. How to, how to walk in and how to experience breakthrough in your life. Father, help me now to share uh, these thoughts with your people. These are your people, the sheep of your pasture. And I pray that you would speak to them now. In Jesus' name. Amen, everybody. Amen. And amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. David is at a loss. David has come home from one battle to find himself in another battle, he is uh, on the run from Saul. King Saul is chasing him down. King Saul wants to kill him. Uh, King Saul wants to end his life. And so David is not just fighting enemies from without. He's fighting enemies from within. His own spiritual father, his mentor, his king wants him dead. And so uh, David is in a is in a tough place. He's in a challenging place. Uh, he's in a place where he is desperate for God. And maybe you find yourself there right now. It's like, I've got enemies here and I've got enemies there and I've got struggles here and I've got struggles there. And may, maybe you just feel that discontentment. That, that's something that's actually spoken about David and his army, that the men that he rallied around him were discontented. That there was this lack of peace. There was this lack of contentment. The, the Bible says they were discontented and they were indebted and they were discouraged. They were, they, they were a rough group of people and David was right there with him, anointed by God, but now running 
from the very person that should have believed in him and elevated him and loved him. And, and David is in this moment and David needs a breakthrough. And maybe you're here today and you go, I need a breakthrough. I got good news for you that the God of David is your God. And the God that broke through for David is the God that can break through for you. The God who made a way for David can make a way for you. And so, so I want to give you this very quickly. When, when, when you need a breakthrough, when you need a miracle, when you need God to move in your life, firstly, this is so important, you have to refuse discouragement. You got to refuse it. You got to refuse it. Discouragement is the enemy's way of convincing you that it cannot get better. That where you are is where you are. And you can never grow past it. And the scripture said in verse 6, David was discouraged or he was distressed. And it's in this moment that David has to make the decision. I, I am so amazed by these two thoughts in the same verse. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6a says he was distressed, which means discouraged. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, B at the end says, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That his first battle was a battle against discouragement. Your first battle is a battle against discouragement. Man, our marriage is struggling. You've got to fight discouragement first. Man, my kids aren't walking with Jesus right now. You've got to fight discouragement first. Man, I got, a, I got a bad report from the doctor. You got to fight discouragement first. Man, trying to decide what's next to it, you got to fight this. Your, your first battle is not the obvious battle. Your first battle is not the external battle. The first battle is the fight within. It is the spirit that is trying to keep you stuck and tell you it's Ever since, David, you got anointed with oil, you've been in trouble. Ever since God put his hand on you, you've been running. You've been in conflict since the moment God put his hand on your life and the oil touched your head. And, and, and all, all discouragement wants to do is to get you back to where you were, where you're no longer called, where you're no longer graced. Because the anointing that was on David when God first anointed him is still the anointing that's on him right now. And the anointing that God put on him was an anointing for elevation, an anointing for promotion, an anointing for breakthrough. So, of course, the emotion that he feels. See, anytime I get discouraged, I just see it as a sign. God must be elevating me. God must be increasing my anointing. Why am I mad? I got no reason. Why am I sad? I got no, what's going on? And I realize that it is not the battles out here that are fighting me, but it's something in here that the enemy is trying to keep me stuck in a season that I'm no longer anointed for. And discouragement keeps you in a place that you're no longer graced for because you're too afraid to take the next step. And so David says, I've got to fight discouragement. Before the battle, before conversations with his military leaders, this is crazy, before he even prayed. He said, I'm going to beat discouragement. 
Because if discouragement wins, I lose. So I've got to fight that battle first. (laughs) Discouraged and encouraged in the same verse. Discouraged and encouraged in the same moment. Some of you feel like you're spiritually schizophrenic because you're going, why do I feel? You, you feeling two things does not make you double-minded. You feeling two things makes you human. But the emotion you choose decides your future. Encouraged to restore strength. That's what it means, to restore strength. David said, I feel weak right now. I feel distressed right now. I feel discouraged right now. So I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord my God. He, God didn't encourage him. His friends didn't encourage him. They wanted to kill him. His wife couldn't dis- encourage him. They were gone. So he had to choose to encourage himself in the Lord, in the Lord. What did that mean? It did not mean that he looked in a mirror and said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. In the Lord. He looked back to God. He looked back to God's faithfulness. He rehearsed God's promise. He smelt the oil that was still freshly on his head. And he said, wait a minute, God, you didn't anoint me to die. You did not anoint me to be defeated by an enemy. You didn't anoint me to see my kids taken. You didn't anoint me to die in this moment. God, you must have more for me because you said I was going through the valley of the shadow of death. So I will fear no evil. God, if you got me this far, you can get me all the way. Can I get some? Can I get an amen in the house? How many know this is not the end of your life? This is not the end of your destiny. This is not the end of your purpose. This is not the end for you. And so he begins to remind himself of God's faithfulness. Oh man, I'm afraid. I'm discouraged. I'm confused. But God is restoring me. Strengthening me. And I'm choosing in this moment. Because in every season of your life, you choose to agree with God or disagree with God. To come into agreement with the enemy of your soul or to come into agreement with God's promise. So I'm choosing to agree with what God has done in my life, is doing in my life, and will do in my life. Even when I can't see it right now. That's faith. So, so I, have to, I have to refuse discouragement. Number two, I have to return to God. I have to return to God. He inquired of the Lord. Oh, I love this. He said, get me my ephod. I gotta go talk to God. (laughs) See, David chooses to be a priest before a warrior. He chooses to be a priest before a king. The ephod was the priestly garment. I've talked about this a lot. Let me just say it again. It's the priestly garment that they would wear when they would go minister to the Lord. It was a white linen garment. The reason they would wear this very thin, very light in weight linen garment 
is because when they would get in the presence of God, they were not to sweat. They were to be calm and to be cool in the presence of God. And what happens is, you, so you wouldn't wear big, heavy garments. You wouldn't wear the, the big purple and blue uh, kingly robes that you would normally wear. You would not wear your armor into the presence of God. See, this is what I love about God. This is what I love about prayer is that I can take, I, when I pray, I'm not the pastor. When I pray, I'm not, my, I'm not the husband. When I pray, I'm not the dad. When I pray, I'm not an American or a Mexican or a whatever. When I pray, I become a child of the most high God. When I pray, I'm no longer this 40-year-old trying to carry all of this because in, in the natural, I feel all the pressure. But when I come into the spirit realm, I take off all this and I put on my light priestly, my light priestly robe. I put on my ephod where I don't sweat and where I don't feel the pressure, when I don't try to perform and I don't try to make it happen. I don't have to put on the praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. Aren't you blessed to be in God? No, I, don't have, I can come to God with my priestly garment and say, you're my father, I'm your child, and I need you now. I need you right here. I need you to move. And in that moment, I'm not performing. I'm not earning because it's already finished. And so now I, I get to just, <sighs> and in prayer, I exhale, and in prayer, I rest, and in prayer, I inquire of the Lord. This is the same garment he would wear in 2 Samuel 6 when he comes into Jerusalem with the ark of God. He was letting everyone know, I'm a priest first. See, the priest represents God to the people and the priest represents the people to God. And I wanna tell every person in the room, grab your ephod. Everybody needs an ephod. I'm not talking about an actual piece of clothing. I'm talking about every one of you has to settle in your heart that you can pray, should pray, should continue to return to God because that is where the grace is released. Every blessing at every battle is an invitation back to the mind of God. Every blessing and every battle is an invitation. Now, see, we only come back to God in a battle. But you got to come back to God in blessing, too. In promotion, in prosperity, in more money, in more opportunity. God, what are you doing? God, what are you saying? See, I've got more opportunity than I've ever had, and I'm saying no to more things than I've ever said no to. So in my 20s, I prayed for opportunity. In my 40s, I'm praying for wisdom. <laughs> in my 30s, I said yes to everything. In my 40s, I'm saying no to most things. Because I, I, need, I need the mind of God now more than ever. Or I will burn out building everybody else's thing and not doing the thing God called me to do. <sighs> what is God saying? What is God doing? What, am I still dependent on God? The, the scripture said, Revelation 1.6, that, that he, that Jesus has made us a kingdom of priests. That you're a priest. That you're a priest. 
that, that you represent God to your world and you represent your world back to God, that you're a priest. And, and, and listen, if I could just maybe talk to the dads for a second, to the husbands for a second, you're the priest. You're the priest. Your wife should not have to be the spiritual leader in your house. Your wife should not have had to wake you up this morning and say, we're going to church. Oh, yeah. I was going to clean the garage. You're the head of the house. You should lead in prayer. You should set the atmosphere. You're the priest. You decide. You make decisions. I'm not saying, ladies, that you should be a doormat. I'm just saying, I'm saying, fellas, you, you have to put on the ephod. You got to become spiritual. You, you got to come into worship and praise God. Not just watch your wife praise God. Or watch me praise God. Oh, Jabin's doing it for us. I can't do it. For, I cannot worship for you. Listen to me, dads. Your mountain knows your voice. And, and can, you, can we just talk real quick about what David did? He inquired of the Lord. He did not go into prayer and tell God what to do. <laughs> Some of y'all are so frustrated because you are just desperate to get God on your side and on your plan. That's not prayer. Prayer is inquire, Lord, what are you doing? Do you want me to fight this battle? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to take this business endeavor? Do you want me to sign this? What are you doing, God? Not, I'm going to do what I want, and God, you're going to bless it. That's not inquiring of the Lord. That's witchcraft. That's divination. That's casting a spell, which God is not affected by or impressed by. Inquiring of the Lord is saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. What, what do you want me to do? What are you saying to do? What battle should I fight and not fight? He submitted and he surrendered. See, here's how you know you've prayed. Here's how you know you've really prayed. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who are weary and heavy with burdens and I will give you rest. If you leave prayer and you're not at rest, you have not prayed. You've complained to the air. We're back, we're back to a couple weeks ago. I'm back to peace. Right, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago that, that when we pray, God gives us peace. When you really pray, you come to rest. Take my yoke upon you. In prayer, we have an exchange. I give God my stuff, he gives me his stuff. <laughs> In prayer, he teaches me. That, that's where I get the mind of God. Because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give you is light. David inquires of the Lord. He returns to God again. God, what, what are you saying? And in his returning, number three, recover all. I'm gonna have the team come. Recover all. Lord, do I pursue? Do I go? 
And it is amazing that when you get the mind of God, how he brings help to your soul and help to your life. God said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Watch this. Nothing changed yet. But David got a word. Not, nothing, nothing changed in the natural yet, but David got a word. God gave him a picture of his future. It was a picture of restoration and recovery. See, a lot of you miss this about prayer, and it's impossible for me to preach about breakthrough and not preach about prayer. That's why prayer keeps coming up in this series, because we think of prayer as a mandatory spiritual discipline, which, sure, it is. But we think of prayer as eating your broccoli and going to the gym, and you're, and you're missing the joy of it. Y'all, prayer is your cheat code. Prayer is your unfair advantage. Prayer is not eating your greens and going to the gym. Prayer is not a have to. Prayer is access to the mind of God. Prayer is getting God's mind instead of just your... Prayer is getting God's heart instead of just your heart. Prayer is getting God's wisdom instead of just your wisdom. Prayer is getting what God wants to do, not just what you want to do. Prayer is when God takes you to a higher system and gives you heaven's strategy. Prayer's where you get the God idea for your life. I better pray. Where's my prayer list? I got 10 things. Here we go. Lord, pray for my wife. Lord, pray for my kids. Lord, pray for... Some of y'all haven't even gotten still enough to hear anything. In prayer, you get the mind of God. Lord, what would you like me to do? Pursue. Overtake. Recover all. Okay, I could take that. Pursue. To pursue is to run after. Everybody say, run after it. Say it again. Say, run after it. God says, I'm giving you permission today. I'm giving you a green light today. I'm giving you permission to run, move, and take what I promised you. I felt this from the Holy Spirit last night. God said, I'm giving you permission to believe big. I'm giving you permission to dream again. I'm giving you permission to prosper. I'm giving you permission to step into your purpose. I heard the Lord tell me last night, you're not disqualified. You're not too far gone. You haven't made too many mistakes. You haven't, you haven't missed it so far. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're listening to the, this, the fact that you're live streaming this or listening to this on a YouTube sermon 20 years from now proves that God's hand is on your life. And I, I hear the Lord say, permission granted. I see a green light in the spirit. I hear the Lord say, pursue it, run after it. Stop waiting for a handout and reach out and grab what God has for you. Stop listening to the doomsdayers that are cursing 2024. Your God holds this year in his hand and he can give you whatever he wants to give you.
Watch this, watch this, watch this, Genesis 13. And the Lord said to Abram, watch this, lift your eyes now. Not five years ago, not six months, now. Man, you really should have lifted your eyes. And you would have been way further ahead if you would have lifted your eyes. Yeah, right. I think about it all the time. I wanted to buy a house right before COVID, and then COVID hit, and I said, oh, let's not buy a house. You know, the whole world's going to fall apart. And then we didn't buy a house, and I think God's bigger than me timing the market. Lift your eyes now. You can't lift your eyes then, because it's over. So lift your eyes now. What, what can God do now? What can he do right now in your marriage? What can he do right now in your business? What can he do right now in your fight? What can he do right now in your faith? Man, if only I would have, but you didn't. So lift your eyes now. And look from the place where you are. Because this is all I got. So I'm going to look from this place. I'm going to look from the place I am now. And I'm going to look northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which you see. If, if you can see it, so you can't have anything you don't see. Now, this is not self-help. This is not if you can see it, you can be it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when God gives you permission from his word to believe, believe. Can you see yourself owning a home? Can you see yourself prospering? Can you see your marriage back together? Can you see your children serving God? Can you see yourself in love with God? Can you see yourself being the head of your house? Can you see yourself prosper? Can you see it? Because God's going green light. Oh, I feel this right now. Somebody shout green light. Stand if you want. I see people standing if they want to stand. I'm just, if you don't want to stand, sit. I don't care. God, God said, God said, pursue number, number two, he said, overtake, take hold of. It literally means to take hold of the right here, right now that you can take hold of the promises of God. And then he said, recover. Everybody say recover all. This, this word recover means to take back. Here's what I know about when God restores. It it doesn't, he doesn't always restore exactly like it was. Okay, it, it, it might be a little different, but it will always be better. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Everybody say double portion. Somebody say double. (laughs) Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in in their land, they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy. I gotta read it from the message. Because you got a double dose of trouble, 
and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. Somebody say double. Can you high five somebody? Say double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. See, watch, watch, watch. Man, I feel led to say this. I feel led to say this. This, this is coming out of my spirit. God, God said, vengeance is mine. Watch, and then he said, I'll repay. See, if you get vengeance at best, you get back what you lost. But when you let God do it, you get back and He repays. And His pay scale's a lot different than your pay scale. And what God can give back to you, because, because okay, because I couldn't preach it because I ran out of time. Go to the end of the story. They didn't just get back their kids and their wives. They got back all of the enemy stuff too. Because when God restores you, He restores you greater than your whatever you lost. Double, double, double. And, and let me tell you something, I've seen that over and over and over and over again in my life. I'm just telling you, I've just seen it over and over and over again. And it's not, it's not just money, it's not just, it's any area that you felt a loss. And then God comes in and restores. And you go, it's, it's so much bigger than anything I could have ever done. It's double. I pray for you in Jesus' name. And I break the spirit of discouragement off of you right now in Jesus' name. All that lifts off of you right now. Give it to the Lord right now. Just lift your hands and give it to Him. Just give it to Him. Give it to him. He's going to take it right out of your hands right now. Take it right out of your hands right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It lifts off of you right now. You're going to breathe different. It's going to be like taking an inhaler hit right now. It's just going to come. It's just going to lift you right now. And God will repay. And God will make a way and God will restore. Go through that green light. Don't get, don't get stuck in what has been a long-term conflict because there's victory and there's recovery for you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Just close your eyes one more moment. I'm almost done. If you're here right now and you'd say, Javen, I've never received Jesus. I've never, I've never had a faith moment. I've never had a... I see David pray in this scripture and I just go, man, I've never talked to God. I don't know God. 
and I want to know God. I really want to know Jesus. Pray with me. I'm going to ask everyone in this room, everyone online, everyone watching right now, pray out loud with me from your heart, from your heart. Pray this with me. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. 